the kayfabe crunch is fired up thanks to the speed smoker from Grill Guys. Fry a whole hunk of hog flesh in just three hours and get the same smoky flavor you'd get in six from our competitors. At Grill Guys, we like to grab your meat and say, hey, let me pound this tender and smoke you to Nirvana. The Kayfabe Crunch. Live to news. Good news. This is your Kayfabe Crunch for Saturday, September 5th, 2020. I'm John Jawbreaker. Coming up, we have all the latest from NXT, Dynamite, and SmackDown. Plus, we examine the results of the Thunderdome so far. Is it all Mad Max, or just a series of trolling attacks? But first... On this day. In grappling history, in 1990, Sting defeated the Black Scorpion only for a second Black Scorpion to appear at the top of the ramp. After the second Black Scorpion was defeated, a third appeared from beneath the ring, later a fourth from the rafters, then a fifth from the crowd, a sixth, a seventh, until the whole arena was flooded with Black Scorpions. You see, this was the early 90s, and despite the emergence of many vocational wrestlers, not a single one of them was pest control. Thank you for selecting this wrestling news podcast. In this issue, we're going to bring you the four biggest news stories of the week, but we won't be revealing the topmost story until next week. So, if you want some precious closure, you'll have to wait until then. And now, let's get on with the Roman reigning news. Top story, Uso Crazy. Reigns and Heyman opened SmackDown with an explanation. But before they could get to the ring, a giant off-center bronze statue threatened to block their... It, it was VR. I've just realized it was VR. Well, that changes the top story just a little bit. Lose that, and that. There's no giant statue threatening programming. Okay. Heyman spoke of some mythical island of obscurity he'd been cast out onto, but we've checked all of the maps and no such island exists. Unless, of course, he means New Zealand. And seemed to belittle WWE management for casting both of them out during a pandemic. Heyman then assured us that it was Roman Reigns corrupting him, and not the other way round. Goebbels, the Cokes, and that snake in that big old buck people like, all claimed the exact same thing. Then Heyman touted Reigns as a champion over the monsters and fiends we've been stuck with this year. No mention of Goldberg, though. You may have forgotten, Paul, but we? We never will. Paulie declared they would one-up Raw, loving the brand competition by holding a fatal four-way to declare a number one contender. Technically speaking, this is two worse than Raw, as six people had the opportunity to become champion on Monday night. But it's, it's semantics, right? Six of one, a quarter dozen of the other. Jay Uso, of all people, then confronted his cousin backstage, questioning his allegiance to Heyman. 
Minutes later, Biggie was attacked by Sheamus, and Uso was named as his replacement. Before the match, Uso once again went to his cousin for a chat. This time, Reigns basically said, and I'm only partially leaving myself open to libel here, you're a piece of shit, and your brother would do better with this opportunity. I've never liked your face, always liked his. Now f off, this is my island. After much in-ring drama, conflict, and delayed reactions from the crowd in the Thunderdome, Uso won the Fatal 4-Way. And so, it will be family versus family at Clash of Champions. And we, as fans, finally get the single star we've always wanted. Jay Uso. And if you think I'm being sarcastic there, well, it's going to be a long month. And now it's time for your fast count. The outbreak in the stadium of news. John Moxley happy to get away from the wackiness of WWE so he can wrestle the lawyer of a pretend politician in the main event of the last show before All Out. Someone named Jackson Baszler successfully defends his women's tag team titles. This is somewhat confusing, as we thought Nia and Shayna were champs. Who is this mysterious Jackson Baszler, and why is he stealing gold? SmackDown's concealed pair of heels walking in purple smoke are leading many to believe Brandy Rhodes has purchased ad time during WWE programming. If the smoke later reveals mirrors, we'll know it's true. Sheamus drops Big E's neck into a car windshield. Big E was taken to a... Uh, local medical facility where he'll be attended to by local medical people using local medical painkillers. In a shocking twist we definitely haven't been waiting two years for, Bailey finally attacks Sasha Banks. Banks was also taken away in a local medical vehicle. John Morrison steals Otis's lunchbox. He's expected to cash in the opportunity for the chance to become king of catering this winter. Bray Wyatt promises a new friend in the Funhouse next week. We're hoping for the highly anticipated Johnny Karate crossover episode. The NXT Iron Man match ending in a draw has angered some fans. The fact that the first ever Iron Man match ended in the same way is apparently lost on them. But what does history matter? It's, it's, it's just words on a page to you people. And that's your fast count. You've been counted out. Still more masks than Sturgis. It's been two weeks since WWE launched their interactive, digital, cyberstopian Thunderdome. And we've seen a lot of faces appear on the screens in the arena. JD, there's something in my headphones. I don't know if you can hear it too. Hi, I'm Matt Watson. I'm, I'm sort of the guy behind this weird podcast. And unlike the newsreaders and correspondents on the show, I know wrestling is fake. I'm not, uh, I'm not mad. Despite 72 episodes of very valid evidence to the contrary. Anyway, I'm interrupting this episode of the Kayfabe Crunch to bring you my genuine thoughts on the Thunderdome so far. 
I initially tried to present them in the form of a mediocre sketch, but for me, the most interesting aspect of the T-Dome is sort of something that can't really be discussed without breaking our precious kayfabe. So, join me, a man clearly in the middle of a breakdown, as I analyze the guests we've seen appear in the Thunderdome so far. And welcome to WWE's Thunderdome! No one brings the thunder like WWE. When WWE announced the Thunderdome, my reaction was very similar to the majority of wrestling fans. It's cool they're staying socially distanced during a global pandemic, that's, that's ethical. The change of scenery will be nice, and I'll get the chance to emphatically empathize with female wrestlers, as I'm forced to see unsolicited penises. Even, even solicited ones aren't that much to look at, are they? Come on now. So far, the Thunderdome, which sounds like a highly confident nickname for someone's bell-end to begin with, has been todger-free. Although, as you'll all be very aware, we've still witnessed several unwelcome guests on the Zoom portals. Quick sidebar now, one of my favourite kayfabe facts is that Seamus is related to Beaker from the Muppets. Genuinely, you can, you can look up the video. It's implied he's a fraternal cousin, but the, the, the semantics aren't important. What's important is that, according to wrestling lore, the Celtic warrior is biologically related to a pink pipe of sentient felt. Insert your own dick joke there. Back in the days of live crowds, which was 12 years ago, feel old yet? WWE would promote the celebrities sitting at ringside. To them, these famous faces were a part of the action. Between matches, it, it wouldn't be uncommon to see football players marking out, or Jon Stewart shying away from his treacherous actions against Seth Rollins at SummerSlam 2015, never forget. Or even Fred Durst, being the absolute coolest guy in the room. They'd each be referenced by commentary, complete with a graphic and perhaps even a quick chat. If everything presented to us between the opening signature and closing watermark is kayfabe, then, for a brief moment, these famous faces are a part of the kayfabe world of WWE. So the question I've been sitting on for the last couple of weeks is, why is the Thunderdome any different? Sure, we don't get the name graphic or a reference by commentary, but these faces do become a part of the action by virtue of being on screen during a WWE broadcast. WWE often claims that we, the universe members in attendance of live events, are a vital part of the WWE family. And if that's true, then so is Pikachu, Chris Benoit, and members of the KKK. Now, WWE's official statement on some of the more controversial guests was as follows. <clears throat> this abhorrent behavior does not reflect WWE's values, and we have zero tolerance for these unacceptable acts. That's, uh, that, that was supposed to be Vince. I, it, it doesn't sound anything like him. Look, this statement very clearly stops them from endorsing the ideologies of the far right, ISIS, and indeed, Mario. Lighter trolling in the Thunderdome has included a Fire Velveteen Dream sign, which is fair criticism given the circumstances. It's an act of trolling that sort of falls under the play stupid games, win stupid prizes bylaw. 
or in real terms, employ an accused child molester, mishandle the situation, and have people hold up signs in your digital fan experience. That, that old saying. All in all, the Thunderdome has been more tame than I'd imagined it would be. But then, I'm a guy who grew up on the internet, and I've seen what some of you people are capable of. Just one last thing before I hand this podcast back over to the fictional newsroom that I created. During SummerSlam, Kermit the Frog appeared on one of the screens for just a brief moment, and I really couldn't help but think about Seamus and his cousin Beaker. Because in kayfabe, what this means is that a friend was supporting a friend by watching that friend's family member wrestle. And remember, because this is the brilliant part, both of these friends are made of felt. Amazing. I, I love kayfabe. Wouldn't it be weird if I revealed that this part is, is scripted too? Like if I said that this was also a character and, and not actually anything like the real me? <sighs> no, that, that might be too much. Okay, don't know what happened there exactly. JD, if you could work your editing magic, that would be just excellent. Join us Tuesday when we'll ask, is the world ready for a Peyton Royce singles run? And remember, you can support this podcast by leaving us a rating or review on Apple Podcasts or Podchaser. It helps more people to find us and that's good? Yeah. This has been the Kayfabe Crunch, your not-quite-daily, not-quite-news bump for the world of professional wrestling. The Kayfabe Crunch is fired up thanks to the Speed Smoker from Grill Guys. Smoke the skin off an adolescent capybara and sup its illegal but tender juices. At Grill Guys, our smokers are discreet, so the cops will never know what you're smoking. Finally, something that can take care of your neighbor's noisy dog. The Kayfabe Crunch.